you're listening to the Business of Branding podcast. If you are a creative female entrepreneur ready to connect with more of those heck yes clients, build an irresistible brand, and allow growing your business to feel easier than ever before, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Nikki Arnsman, a brand designer and strategist, a mama, and a little bit of a serial entrepreneur. On this podcast, I share all the strategies, tips, and lessons learned that have helped me build and scale an aligned business. My hope is that the content here will inspire you to go out and do the same for yourself. Welcome to another episode of the Business of Branding podcast. I am coming off of uh, being a little under the weather for the last handful of days. So I was just telling my guest here, Brandy, that I'm so excited to be out of bed. I'm in my signature spot in my uh, four-year-old daughter's bedroom on the floor um, while she's at school right now, which is the quietest, uh, peaceful place in my house. Um, And I'm excited. Today's topic is one that I know um, I'm always thinking about and like personally for my own business and that you, my listeners are always writing in, uh, whether it's DMing me or we're on a call or we're talking about different programs or digital products. And this is going to be all about how you bring leads in um, and how you fill up your actual programming, um, courses that you might have, and just in general, a a big lead generation conversation. So I'm here with Brandy Mowles, founder of Serve, Scale, Soar, and Beta to Biggie. She's a wife, mom, taco snob, which I'd love to talk more about that, um, podcast host herself, and online marketing expert. She transformed her family's life um, by building a seven-figure business in just two years, which is I'm so excited to hear more about that, Um, giving them more choices and freedom than she could have ever imagined. Now she is obsessed and on a mission to help women take more action and earn more so they can have a life full of more choices, just like she was able to create. So Brandy, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited about this conversation. Yeah, me too. So this is one of those things where I feel like, um, there's no like one size fits all of how you, you know, get people into your, into your world, your vortex, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and get them hyped on whatever it is that you're creating. And so I'm just excited to hear more about tacos, um, more about your, how you grew your business so quickly into years. And then let's dive into some talk on, um, how our listeners can start to implement your system. So give us a little bit more of your background. Um, what were you doing before you started this business and how did you land where you are today? Yeah. So I went straight. I've never had like a normal, I guess people like to say a normal job. I went straight from, I worked from the time I was 14 in the restaurant industry, worked all through high school, all through college, and then had a decision to make after college. Like what the heck do you do with an African studies major international relations and history? Like I'm either going to be a teacher, which I didn't want to do, or you go to law school. And so I chose law school. I went to law school and got 
super bummed when I was top 10% of my class, but was told that this was a good old boys club and good luck. I was paying a whole lot of money and I would probably leave making 50,000 a year, which is crazy because I was paying more than that per year to go to law school. And it just like set a nerve when I was sitting there and they told me that your chances of getting addicted to drugs is super high as an attorney. The suicide rate is super high. And the fact that I was a woman meant I was going to be limited in how much income I made compared to my male counterparts. And so that's when I got introduced to, um, direct sales, MLM, and really fell into that world for six years. And I rose to the top very quickly, had all like the free cars and all that kind of stuff. And when I was eight months pregnant, quickly realized that this was not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. This was not the world that I wanted to bring my daughter into. And so I left it all behind, um, had them come pick up my car and everything. And I told my husband, we would figure it out. And she was five months old and it was time for us to figure it out. And I Googled like probably most people, like how do you stay at home as a mom and still make money? And blogging came up, tried that for a month and realized like, holy cow, I'm horrible at grammar. And I was really good at traffic though. I got a ton of people to my site, but I didn't like writing blogs. I knew it was going to be a long time till I made like the money I needed to. And I fell into the world of virtual assistant. And I was like, I don't want to be a virtual assistant. They send birthday postcards because in my previous career, that's what I had hired virtual assistants to do is send postcards. But I quickly realized that I could do social media. I could get into ads, email marketing, text marketing, which was all the stuff that I was used to doing in my previous career. And I was like, okay, let's do this. And that was in 2018 and quickly Um, I grew my business to six figures in 10 months, and then I created a membership and it grew to six figures in six months. And then we created a course, which grew to over a million dollars in 18 months. And my second full year in business in 2020, we did 1.2 million in revenue and ran at a 57% profit, which is really important to me, that profit number. And we just keep it simple. I love it. That's incredible. Congratulations. And also so inspiring. Um, so question is when you, what, what type of programming do you have now? Just like for context, like what does your existing business structure look like? Yeah. So I don't do any one-on-one services anymore. I stopped doing that at the end of 2020. I said, once we hit a million dollars, I wasn't going to do one-on-one services anymore. So I got rid of those. So now I have my membership serve scale soar. My podcast is also called serve scale soar. And then I have my group coaching um, program called beta to biggie. Okay. So do you, is serve scale soar a membership? Yes. Okay, cool. So you still run a membership. Is that pay is that like a monthly what is like the do people pay monthly for that or there's a yearly option yeah so we have it is an annual membership so think about like amazon prime you are like committed to a year because i'm a big believer that business doesn't happen overnight and like we really need 12 months to get your business stable running going so it's a 12-month commitment but we have a payment plan of course for people and then we have a yearly plan as well um and we 
that's like my heart. I love that group. That's how I started. We have so many members who have been with us since the beginning and that's how people enter my world is through that membership. Amazing. Awesome. Okay. And then you have your other program, the beta to biggie, and that's more of a group program, like course style. Yeah. So we say that we take people through a journey of the four C's, which is community. I think that's so important that no matter what program you have, community is everything, especially in the online space where people crave human connection so much. So we have community, the content, which would be like, if you were to go through a course, there is content, but then there's coaching one-on-one and group coaching and critiques. I love to give marketing feedback. So our students can submit like ads and sales pages and they get critiques. So it's going to have a hybrid of one-on-one coaching, group coaching, and a course. Beautiful. Okay. I always like to know like, what is the guests when we're talking about like stuff like marketing and lead gen and things like that, what their existing business looks like, because I think it's helpful for um, listeners who listeners who are, you know, coaches, consultants have courses, have digital programming um, to know what your business looks like compared to theirs to see how they can like, you know, adapt certain things that we might talk about um, into their own business. So that is really helpful. Thank you. And Nikki, let me also state when we hit a million, we did not have any high ticket programs. I had my membership and a course, the course where it's not open anymore right now, but that's what in 18 months did um, over a million in sales was a core, my course. And so that was part of our product lineup. We didn't have any high, higher ticket items until the end of 2020. So that's also, I think people say like, oh, they have high ticket. This doesn't work for me because I only have lower things. Like that's totally new to our brand where the highest program we had was a $2,000 course before. Amazing. Okay. That's really helpful too. Thank you. Um, Okay. So thinking back to when you were just getting started and you didn't have like this massive following and didn't have this huge email list, et cetera. What do you feel like was um, the game changer for you to be able to actually get your stuff out there and like find your people? Yeah. So when I launched Serve Scale Soar, I had less than 400 people on Instagram and I had less than 200 people on my email list. And the thing with that is so many people want to jump in and they're super excited about building out their course content. Like we are creatives. We get excited. We want to build out this course content. But one thing I did differently is I just started reaching out to people that had asked for help that had said like, Oh, I love what you're doing. That kind of stuff. And I reached out to an individual and just said like, Hey, I want to launch this membership. I'm going to show you how I grew my business, but I have no idea what I'm going to teach you right now, but I know it's going to be excellent. And if you want to be part of it, it's going to be $37 a month, um, just for you, my first people. And I would love to build this out. And when you join me, I'm going to give you a free 30 minute one-on-one call. And we, I had 25 people join and I'd offered all 25 people a 30 minute one-on-one call and I totally honored it. And it was the best use of my time ever because so many times when we're just getting started, we're trying to do what the big dogs are doing. Like the people that are having multi-million dollar launches and stuff. And we have to remember, like they didn't start out like that. 
they have massive teams. So how can we break it down and get what I call guerrilla marketing and really like connect with people and show them a different way. And when you can do that, when your audience is small, it's so powerful. And so then I built out the content with based on those calls and the membership grew to six figures in six months. And I totally, totally think that it was because of jumping on the calls and doing really, really great message mapping. Mm. Talk about, well, I have two questions. One is, did you continue, um, doing, offering those one-on-one calls for like a handful of months and kept doing that in order to grow it and get people in? Like, do you think that was the sell factor to get membership? So I only offered those one-on-one calls the very first, my beta round. And then I went straight into what is a live launch and that I didn't offer any one-on-one. And I think that after your beta, you know, you may do multiple betas depending on how many people you get enrolled, what you learn through the process. But right after that, I went straight into a webinar launch and one-on-one calls were totally off the table. And so that was only for my beta members. Now, that being said, even now, I'm still the one answering my DMs. I'm still the one that I'll jump on calls with people like once a quarter just to hear where they are in their business and stuff. I think that a lot of times people feel like they get to a certain level of success and they don't have to connect with their audience anymore. Mm. And I'm a big believer, like, I don't care how much money we're bringing in. I can always connect with my audience. Yeah. I mean, essentially that's why they're there, right. Is to know you, to get connected with you, um, and to learn from you. So I think it's, I I'm with you that I think that's so important. Um, you mentioned something about message mapping and I'd love for you to touch on that. Yeah. So one of the things that we teach in my program beta to biggie is we take you through the appropriate steps. Well, and I'm one of those, there's not one best only way to do something. Like we all have our own ways, but there are proven strategies of doing things. And so one thing that we've seen is when our students start with message mapping, then their beta launches aren't flops. Their live launches aren't flops. They have more success because what that means is that we're starting with using language our audience is using instead of telling them what they need. So many times people are like, offers are the number one thing. Like your offer, if you have a good offer, it's going to sell. That's like telling people that if you build a baseball stadium, people will come. And we know that that's not how it works. And so just because you have this awesome offer to give people and your program's awesome. And then your content's awesome. It does not mean that they're going to pay you because so many people have awesome offers and awesome content, but what can help you stand apart is how you describe your offer, how you talk about what you do. And that all comes back to using the words of your people and making sure that you're selling them something they're looking for, because so many times we know what's going to solve their problem. Like, um, for me in serve scale soar, I lean into, Hey, I know you want to hit 10 K months. So let me show you how to do that. And when they get in, it's all about discovery calls and systems. But if I led with like, let me show you these really cool systems. It's not going to sell the same way because I'm not meeting them where they are. They don't know that to get to 10 K months, they need systems. They need a shorter discovery call. And too many times we're telling people what they need instead of what they're actually looking for. 
Yeah, that's so powerful. I think that, um, I think of marketing in general and what's that one thing when they say like, to, you know, sell people what they want, what they want, give they them need. what they need. Yeah. It reminds me of that because I think there is a little bit of that in there. Right. Is I even think of myself as a consumer. Like there's times where I know what I want to experience, right? I know the desire that I want to have that may look like, you know, I want, you know, six figure months or whatever, whatever it is, six figure year, whatever that looks like. Right. And, but I, nobody knows all the juice and the magic and the, this and the, that, that it's going to take in order to actually get there. And so selling them the process, like you're saying, and the system in there, it's like, they don't need, they don't know if they have to like wash their clothes eight times a day. And that's what it's going to take to get there. Right. They don't want that. They just want to, they just want the outcome. Um, and so I think that's so important. One thing that I am hearing too, that I keep kind of like pulling out of what you're saying is sim like simple system and simplicity and like not having this huge production going on in order to achieve the kind of numbers that you have achieved. So can you talk a little bit more about how you've been able to keep things simple and not have this like massive team? Um, Cause I think that for a lot of my listeners are running businesses, whether it's just them or them in a virtual assistant and hiring and outsourcing and, you know, all, all of those things, like that could be really overwhelming for them when they're in the earlier stages of their business, but that doesn't mean that they don't want to make money. Yes. And so even I'm just going to one, we run a million dollar per year business and there's three of us. And that's including me on the team. That's always on the team. And so I think one of the things is I'm one of our core values in the business is kiss, keep it simple, sweetie. And so whenever we look at doing anything, it's like, does it fall into this core value? Because when you keep your business simple and you have systems to support it, you don't have to have a big team to make this run. Now I'm not, not knocking having big teams, but for most of probably your audience, my audience, like the thought of managing 10 people, when we also have a family, a husband, kids to run, like that sounds exhausting. Mm. And that's where I was. And so what we do is we keep everything super simple. We don't typically hire any specialist. My number two in the business, Janessa started with me at $15 an hour working five hours a week. And she's moved her way up through the company over the years, three years now with me to get to the point where she's now a full-time employee. And then we have a podcast producer, Stephanie, and then me, those are our three. Now, does that mean we haven't hired anyone else throughout the years? No, we hire people for projects when we need like specific help. But even I was talking to a friend and they were like, oh my gosh, our inbox is always blown up. And I was telling Janessa, I was like, what does our inbox look like? She was like, we barely ever get 
any like besides like podcast pitches and stuff like that, but like we don't get a ton of support emails because we have systems in place to make sure that everyone knows where their login is. Everyone knows how to update their payments. Everyone knows how to do all the things that they need. So they don't need to reach out to us. They can find it for themselves. So, and also when I talked to my bookkeeper, she was like, Brandy, you have one of the highest monthly averages for software, but my employee payroll is 60% less than most of the people that she works with that are at the same revenue as us. Mm. So we have amazing software that takes, you know, we don't need as many people because we have amazing software and we keep it simple with our software and it takes care of needing more people in our business. Yeah, that's amazing. I am actually very inspired by this because when you were talking before about, um, managing people and the thought of managing like 10 plus people in addition to your house and life and family and growing families. Um, to me, that's exhausting sounding. I'm like, and it's funny actually, because I feel like over time, like when I was first getting started, maybe four or five years ago, I was always thinking like, oh yeah, I want to have this team and this maybe like agency style where I've got lots of people doing lots of different things. And as my business has grown and evolved, all I want to do is like trim everything and keep everything so simple. And I'm a, I'm, I'm with you on, I love uh, having high level software that helps keep things automated and systemized um, and, and things running smoothly, because I think it does eliminate a lot of uh, people problems that may be like internal people problems and client people problems, um, that don't necessarily like end up having to deal with, which is really nice. And I think unless you, like, I have friends who have businesses and they've got tons of employees, you know, 15, 20, 30 employees, and they're doing, you know, they're doing great numbers in their business, but I'm, I'm like, I feel like I'm unavailable for the idea that in order to make X amount of income and revenue in my business, I have to be growing this massive team and be operating at a certain level of like energy exertion. Yeah. And I just, I think, and I went through a point too, where I was like, gosh, if I want to grow past a million, then I'm going to have to have more team. And I think it comes down to the point where Yeah, we're, I mean, like we're looking right now for a tech VA and a community manager that will be part-time though. And we also came to the conclusion where I'm like, if we have a $3 million per year business and we're running at 50% profit, I'm way better than having a $10 million business running at 10% profit because also the more you grow, the more things that come up. I mean, at every growth stage, there's things that come up. And for me, it's really getting clear on my values. And my number one value is family. And how can I get the most time with my family? And right now I work 25 hours a week and I'm available. Like I can take a Wednesday off if I want, Mm -hmm. I can take Fridays off if I want. And so I think it's really getting clear with what your values are and what your growth plan is for me, like $3 million a year business. I'm good. I don't need a $10 million a year business. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's important. I think sometimes people adapt other people's goals. Like you're just absorbing everything that you're seeing, whether it's social media or other conversations of who's building this and who's doing that and how much are they doing. Um, And it's so easy for people to get caught up in the, oh, like, what would that be like for me? Yeah. And I definitely got to that point where I thought like, I was like, oh, I want to have Amy Porterfield's business. And then when I really sat down and thought about it, I was like, why do I want Amy Porterfield's business? Actually, that's not what I want at all. And so, but it took me a year to get there. And I think that sometimes we just, um, we see that like outside the Instagram highlight reel. And when you look at what it actually takes to have that type of business, that may not be something you want. And that's okay. I tell my members all the time in all my programs, you may not want a hundred K business. You may not want a million dollar business. And it's up to you to really define what does success look like for you? What type of business do you want to run? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That takes some work too, for people to figure that out and get real honest with themselves about what would be the most supportive for things that aren't even related to their business, right? Like their family and their life. And if they want to travel, like their goals and their values, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So can we talk a little bit more about what you call the hybrid hype method? Yeah. So this is how I truly believe I was able to scale my business to a million dollars a year so quickly and without burnout. I think that's the other big thing Mm. is that the year that we had our first million dollar year, I took 47 Fridays off and then weekends are sacred. Like I don't work weekends Mm -hmm. I for 47 weeks, almost every single Friday I was taking off in 2020 and we had our biggest year. And that's because I went against the grain. So much of the marketing we hear is you either have to live launch and have these multi-million dollar launches or six-figure launches, or you are running an evergreen. And I'm a big, and for anyone who doesn't know what evergreen is, it means you just have a funnel that's always open that people can go through. And for me, when I started, my coach told me like, don't do evergreen. You're too new, like blah, blah, blah. And I did my first webinar and I taught myself how to put together the webinar. I had never taken a course on webinars before, and but I'd worked with people who were running webinars and I put together my first one and we did 26,000 and I was like, oh man, this is amazing. And then I closed my doors and my coach was like, okay, now you'll have another launch in three months. And I was like, whoa, whoa, wait, I know there's going to be people that want to join <laughs> between these three months. And they were like, well, you're too new for evergreen. And I was like, my numbers are really good. I'm going to put together an evergreen funnel. And so I did it and it has scarcity, true scarcity, not like fake phony, like lie type marketing. It's like true scarcity, but it gives people an opportunity to work with me, um, when they find me. And so I incorporated this in my business where we have live launches and these aren't like crazy, like drawn out over months, live launches. They're quick five day live launches and it's one webinar. Sometimes I'll do two within 24 hours type deal, but I call them quick and like down and dirty launches because they're not a big, like drawn out thing. It's simple. It gets the point across. And then what I do is then follow it up with evergreen. And so instead of being on this launch roller coaster, We have consistent revenue coming in every single month, 
But then on top of that, we have these big bumps where we have a live launch, which always will bring in more people than an evergreen. But here's the other thing. It also future proofs our business because as we saw last year, Facebook ads changed big time. Mm. And a lot of people relied on Facebook ads to fuel their launches. And so we were fine because we had our evergreen running, even if our live launch didn't do what we thought it was because the ads and we had an account shut down and all this, our revenue didn't change because we had already planned to have this backup. And when the evergreen stops working, we can do a live launch. And so when we incorporate and stop living in this either or world and live in a world where there's more ands, then we created the hybrid hype method that really takes people through how to keep your business super simple. Because the other thing is we're not changing up our training. It's the same training live as evergreen, same emails, get a little bit of tweak. And so many times we think that we need to change things up. I've been running the same webinar for three years now, and it still converts just as good as the first year. That's amazing. So can you walk us through the customer journey of someone who like, actually, let me, let me pause one second. First, do you run paid like advertising right now? So as we're recording this, I haven't ran ads since September because, um, You know, it's one of those things I don't love what Facebook's doing. I think Mm -hmm. Facebook's is like this, it's like electricity or oil. Like even if you're against oil companies, we still have to use oil. And Facebook has put itself in that same category is that it's kind of a necessity. And some people may argue, but if you're a business owner in the online space, Facebook's kind of a necessity. I haven't ran ads since September. And the reason is, is because we've never just relied on ads. I don't have to have ads to keep my revenue up. And, uh, and so when we did a million, we only spent 55,000 that year on ads and it's never been like something that I had to have in my business. And we have a small audience. I mean, um, I think I have 4,000. I just crossed 4,000 on Instagram. My email list is only 8,000 but we have big revenue. Where does your, where does your lead generation come from? Like where, what type of methods are you utilizing in order to get people into either the evergreen or the live? Yeah. So I teach in beta to biggie, the three traffic sources you can tap into. Mm -hmm. And one is organic. This is what we're all used to. Like, I mean, I don't post on Instagram. If you look at my Instagram, it's pretty lame, but (laughs) Um, there's like organic, like Instagram or something for me, organics, my podcast, my podcast is our number one source of traffic from an organic standpoint. And I've produced one piece of content for almost August will be three years and have never missed a week. So we use the podcast to bring in new leads and we nurture them with the podcast through our weekly emails. And so for me, that is my organic traffic is that. The second way that you can tap into that we're all used to is ads. So I do utilize Facebook ads. I don't spend a ton of money there, but I do use the power of Facebook ads, especially for live launches um, and evergreen. And so we go through phases where we run more ads, less ads, but we do incorporate Facebook and Instagram ads. I know some people are using TikTok and YouTube ads now. Mm -hmm. So just having paid traffic in the mix as well. 
And then the third one, which is the one that most people don't tap into, and it's the borrowed audience. Mm -hmm. And so me being on your podcast right now is me doing lead generation in a way with borrowed audience. This podcast is going to live on as long as you have the podcast People will listen. Some people will connect with me and they'll come over into my world. And so being on podcast has always been my second largest lead generation source. So when I first launched my program in 2019, I went and did 30 interviews to be on other people's podcasts. And we still get interviews our students today from those podcasts. And then I took a break. Um, in 2020 from that. So I'm not always doing all three of these at once. So I took a break from being on podcasts in 2020, most of 2021. And then 2022 came around and I was like, you know what? I'm, my schedule's freed up a lot. I'm ready to get back on podcasts. So like when your team reached out to us about being on mine, I was like, Hey, do you mind if I come on yours? And I've been since the beginning of the year. So we're in we just, it's April. Um, the last three months I've recorded 10 podcast episodes to be on other people's shows. So that's a way of tapping into other people's audience. That's just one way. Another way is jumping on and doing Instagram lives together, having JV partners. Those are all borrowed audiences and those are really, really powerful. So those are the three lead generation traffic sources that I like to tap into. Like I said, some of them are all the time. Some of them are only one or two at a time. And when I just got started, it was just one. So organic paid and borrowed. So good. That was like golden nuggets. Thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah. So customer journey, um, before we wrap up. So when someone comes, they hear you on a podcast, they hear you on the business of branding podcast, right? And they, love what they hear and they want to learn more about one of your programs or whatever it is. And they go into what's like the, the entry point for them. Is it typically going into an evergreen funnel where they can then watch a webinar and whether they decide to join or not, then they'll get information on the next time you're live launching and like have the opportunity to kind of be a part of that live launch or what does that all look like? Yeah. So both funnels are pretty much the same. So no matter if you're someone, so if they were to land on my website for whatever reason, it would say, here's the two ways to work with us. Mm -hmm. And either way they choose, it's going to direct them to a funnel. So if they went to ever um, serve scale store because they wanted to scale their one-on-one services, then that would take them to the evergreen funnel and they would have five days to join us. And if not, they're locked out until we live launch again. And so, but during that time, they would be getting our weekly emails. And then if they were like, I'm ready to create or scale my course membership group coaching, they would go to click that button on the website or go to beta to biggie.com and they would go through a different funnel. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that's an application page. Sometimes it's a webinar, both programs. I use webinars to, um, nurture people and to sell them. So many people are like webinars are dead. I have sold $37 products off webinars. I've sold $2,000 products off webinars. I've sold $7,500 products off webinars. They are alive when done correctly. And so many people aren't doing them right. And so that's what we teach in beta to biggie, but either way you go through my funnel, you're going to land on some type of training because I'm an auditory 
Um, I love auditory. So you're always going to get a video from me and then you get our weekly emails that nurture people to their next step. And this is a crazy stat. I got to share this is that so many people give up way too soon on lead generation because they don't see instant results, but they're not looking at their numbers. They look at like, they'll say, Oh, I had a hundred leads and only one purchase. So I give up and like 1% great actually. And Dan Kennedy said that, so I'll use a hundred because it's an easy number, but if you have a hundred people come into your lead magnet or your evergreen funnel or whatever you have a hundred leads, 50% of them will never buy from you. Mm. Like 50% is never going to buy. And some people hear that and they're super defeated, but I want this to empower you because it gives you numbers to work with. But then that other 50% sector 15% will buy within the first 90 days. And so that's not in the next five days. It's in the next 90 days they'll purchase. But then that 85% will purchase between 90 days and two years. You are giving up on your people way too soon. We have people join our membership every single week. I swear to you, we get an email every single week that says, I've been listening to your podcast for two years. I've been listening to your podcast for the last 18 months, and I'm ready to join your program. We are giving up on our people too quickly. And we're saying something doesn't work before we actually give it time to work. Your numbers matter and not enough people are looking at their numbers. Yeah, that's so powerful. And empowering. I love that stat. I love numbers and I love digging into that. Um, This was all so good. Thank you so much, Brandy, for sharing all of this information. Um, I was taking some notes here, even on my own. I can't wait to listen back to this episode. Um, Can you share with everyone where they can find you? We will obviously include your links in our show notes, but um, any, anything else that you want to share with the audience and also where they can find you? Yeah. So I don't like actually post a ton on Instagram, but I'm always in my DMS. People are so surprised by that, but it's always me. You're not going to get a team member. It's always me. So you can find me at Brandy Bounds, just my name on Instagram. That's a great way. If you want to connect with me directly in the DMS, the other way is I drop a weekly episode of surf scale Sore podcast every single Tuesday. And those go between being for one-on-one service providers and people wanting to start and scale a course membership group coaching. But then yesterday I just recorded and I'm not like tooting my own horn, but I kind of am. I just created probably what I would say is one of my best trainings ever. There's no slides. It's not just talking heads. I'm like drawing on an iPad and everything. And it's how I was able to scale my business to a million dollars in two and a half years. And so if you want to check out that training, it's a 45 minute, super action packed. One thing you'll learn about me is I'm super actionable. And if you want to grab that, you can go to beta to biggie.com forward slash million. Cool. And that um, forward slash million. Yeah. So, and it's B-E-T-A-T-O-B-I-G-G-I-E.com forward slash million. And that training, by the time you listen to this, will be live. And (laughs) um, I just sent it over to a few friends and they were like, holy cow, this is a fun training. So you'll definitely want to check that out. Can't wait to watch it myself. We'll include the link 
in the show notes and then obviously link to her Instagram for DM purposes. Um, so you can connect with her there. Um, Brandy, thank you so much. You are a wealth of knowledge. I feel like I could sit and talk to you for hours and just pick your brain about things. So um, thank you so much for being here and taking the time. Thanks so much for having me, Nikki.